0: hello everybody and welcome to the spoiler warning podcast this is review number 707 with a review of jurassic world dominion i'm christopher chesey
1: and i'm Stephen miller
0: and if you're joining us for the first time the spoiler warning podcast is a weekly film review program each week in the show we're going to dive in debate discuss and argue over the latest films coming to a theater near you um, this week it's finally here the next installment uh the end of the second trilogy of jurassic films jurassic world dominion is here I, I know everybody is super excited to figure out what we, uh, what our thoughts were on it. But Stephen, as always, we got to start by talking about our history with the franchise, mm-hmm. and uh, if we have love for anything in the Jurassic Park uh, Island, <laughs> and uh, how you were feeling leading into this one.
1: Yeah. Uh, so my history in the franchise, I have seen every movie, um, of course, like Jurassic Park, classic, seen more times than I can remember. Um, I saw The Lost World at least once. And I remember, you know, I was young when I saw it. I remember finding it amusing enough. You know, it had the promise that the Jurassic World series claims to make good on, which is dinosaurs are going to run amok in the real world. Isn't this going to be crazy? You know, yeah. Um,
0: Might, I remember maybe Jurassic- even our home world. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> I I remember Jurassic Park three only because it was the first time my dad ever tried to do like on demand at home, and so I remember him pausing and rewinding and like getting all excited about how he could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I recall the movie being dog shit. Like I, I don't remember <laughs> liking it at all. Um, <laughs> And then I found these Jurassic World movies to be totally joyless and just, like, devoid of any real entertainment value. Um, So, yeah, that's my rundown of the franchise. Like, who didn't love Jurassic Park? You know, obviously it made a huge impact on anyone who was, you know, going to the movies. Young, (laughs) like, when they were young in the 90s, like, it it was the best thing in the world. Uh, But otherwise not very little loyalty in terms of hope that any jurassic x movie is going to be good um they haven't really proven that they can make a good sequel and we'll find out if they did tonight Yeah, maybe number six was the charm
0: (laughs) um but uh but yeah so so for me um you know growing up uh You know, I I stayed at uh, my grandparents' house a lot um, while my folks were working, and one of the things that uh, involved in that was me watching a bunch of things that my grandmother had taped on VHS for me um, to watch. Um, you know, which like that was one of those scenarios where the very first Star Wars I saw was Return of the Jedi <laughs> because that's the one that my grandma had for me to watch. Um, and uh, another thing that we always watched together over and over and over was this like dinosaur documentary that she had just taped on some nature program. Um, and I became obsessed with dinosaurs. I wanted to grow up and become a paleontologist. Um, basically, I wanted to be, uh, you know, Alan Grant. <laughs> when I grew up and uh, then one day there was this movie coming out in theaters that was like uh what if uh, you were a paleontologist and then uh, all of a sudden dinosaurs were real again and I was like this is gonna be amazing went and saw it it was amazing it was like the very first film that I had seen multiple times in theaters and uh yeah I I loved it like to this day it's in my top five films of all time that original Jurassic Park and I just it is basically a perfect film um I liked so much that uh, the Lost World book was one of the first books I ever read that wasn't assigned to me. (laughs) Hmm. Um, So that one was like the first thing that I read and like in a really short short amount of time Um, was very surprised to find out the film is like completely unrelated to the book. Um, And, uh, you know, I've kind of just been following the franchise just because I want to see a big spectacle, but I haven't really been um, excited, excited for anything that's come before. Um, I think leading into Jurassic World Dominion, I was kind of happy to have more of the original cast back. Uh, um, Surprised to me, theoretically, more of the characters than I expected to be back. (laughs) Um, But but I think that I was not excited for this film, but I was at least like, all right, let's see what they do with this. Um, I'm ready to see how we can revisit this uh, with the context of the original more in mind, as opposed to, you know... Leading back to everybody remaking the same mistakes they did in the first film,
1: right, because i I don't think you and I reviewed Jurassic World together that may have been a like Carson only review. I remember watching it a bit later in the game, but I felt like visceral hatred watching that movie, <laughs> and i <laughs> I recall you being a little bit more on the like yeah, whatever side of the fence,
0: probably. <laughs> that that sounds like me i think like when it comes to giant dinosaurs doing stupid shit like i mean don't get me wrong in the third film where there's like the dinosaur that eats the satellite phone and then it becomes this weird horror movie where whenever you hear the ringtone you know shit's about to go down um yeah i'm not down for that but i mean (laughs) you know i I was willing to see another park full of people get eaten um you know the weird idea of there being like a raptor trainer not just a raptor handler uh know, it's it's It it is what it is. It's there to have fun. But I think that now it's like, okay, now we're bringing back the originals for real. They're going to be in this somehow. Let's see what they do with this. Maybe this could be pretty fun.
1: I I do feel bad, by the way, because you talked about, uh, you know, the old VHS that you watched jurassic park on and my first time was the same way it was like thanksgiving at my great aunt's house and they had a vhs of recorded from tv with commercials and everything um of jurassic park i feel bad that i think new generations won't have any analog to this right like if everyone is just streaming movies like eventually the rights are going to expire they're not going to stumble into like mom and dad's old streaming treasure trove you know like i guess the movie will just be available and they'll click a button instead but it feels kind of sad that they won't get the kind of like worn out version with history on it that we got
0: yeah and also for the record the VHS tape was of a documentary about dinosaurs in general it wasn't oh, of Jurassic okay. Park i see okay yeah yeah um but still applies yep. <laughs> that treasure trove will not exist and you know with every streaming platform releasing like a new series or movie every th- two days um you know eventually there's just gonna be so much streaming content that everybody will be like dinosaurs that's so like you know 90s <laughs> i'm not yep. gonna watch this shit
1: <laughs> it's true I-, I guess the analog would be you find like your dad's like torrented movie collection on his on a hard drive somewhere and it's like oh <laughs> This, this torrented version that's like 480p for a little bit that's it's got character
0: steven where the hell are our future generations gonna plug that drive in that is a great question <laughs> they're like what is this weird looking keychain that flips out this is silly looking <laughs> we're like well son that's what we used to store files on and we'd carry them around with us and and copy things back and forth and you know what you never had enough room never mm-hmm. enough room dad that's weird doesn't everything just go to the cloud
1: i don't know maybe skeuomorphism is going to come back and they're going to recognize it as like icons in their cool new virtual <laughs> reality headsets
0: <laughs> that is true um but uh steven what do you say what do you say we get into this can't wait all right folks we're going to take a listen to the trailer for jurassic world dominion which apparently has no colon in the title and <laughs> we're going to come back and give you all a review that's impossible hey girl you look just like your mother I promise you I am gonna get her back genetic power has now been unleashed we made a terrible mistake Doomsday clock might be about out of time If our world's gonna survive What matters is what we do now
1: I could use your expertise.
0: You coming or what? A baby raptor? I made a promise we would bring her home. You made a promise to a dinosaur? Yeah. Why? Everybody hold on to somebody.
1: That can't be right. carnivore the world has ever seen. Run! See? Not so bad.
0: So that was the trailer for Jurassic World Dominion. Um, it's basically four years after what happened before. Dinosaurs have been roaming around part of the planet, I guess, uh, for a while now. And humans have had to learn to coexist with them in a way. And uh, this company called Biosynth, um, run by um, somebody that maybe we'll get to in a little bit, uh, has been you know trying to help the world by capturing up all the dinosaurs and moving them into this special ecological preserve Um, Not unlike the original Jurassic Park, but this is not for tourism. It's just for research and, uh, you know, furthering the plot of this company. And uh, essentially, um, there's a bunch of other stuff that's happening too. And... (laughs) You know, the original cast has to come back to check out this biosynth place and deal with One Piece. Meanwhile, our heroes from the previous Jurassic World films are also on a mission to save both the Baby of Blue, uh, the Velociraptor from the other films, and also a uh, child that they have in their possession. Um, Mm. So, yeah, if that sounds confusing, then don't worry, it is. Uh, Stephen Miller, what did you think about Jurassic World Dominion?
1: I... So there are things in this movie that were okay. Like there were moments that I kind of liked, like one in maybe 20 throwbacks that I was like, okay, I see you. And a part of me wants to like, you know, praise the movie for the little things that it does well. But I'm reminded of some tweet that I'm not going to remember exactly, which is like, like, on second thought, we rescind our statement. You do not in any way got to hand it to Isis. <laughs> um, and I, I believe there is there, there is no reason to praise this movie for the tiny things it does okay when it is a use of a giant budget that I think is just completely soulless. And like the first movie of this new trilogy, just devoid of joy. Like, I, I just find i find the new jurassic world movies to be so bland and cash grabby not in like a we are giving the audience what they want this is fun and silly like a fast and furious or hell even like a michael bay thing like i hate the transformers movies but like they are at least a vibe you know they're (laughs) (laughs) they're doing a thing they're having fun i feel like no one is having fun with this movie at all i i feel like none of the actors are actually enjoying themselves i don't think the characters have any reason they do what they do i think it just moves from scene to scene trying to check as many boxes as possible and i don't think they have an audience in mind that they're trying to make happy i think they're just trying to like throw enough shit into one movie that they can hit every possible quadrant and get as many people to the theater as they can and nothing else. Like, I, I found myself very annoyed, and it did not help. I think during a work conversation earlier today, someone brought up Top Gun Maverick and how it feels watching this movie after that. That was my exact feeling, because in Top Gun Maverick, we feel Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, all these people experiencing real g-forces they didn't have to like the shot didn't require there to be a real outside the original top gun worked okay with them just in a cockpit you know pretending that they were flying but they did it they did went to the extra level and it made the movie feel heavy and suspenseful and even when people are just doing practice flights things that would not be exciting on their own you feel it because of the reality involved in the commitment of the characters this movie opens with Chris Pratt riding a horse and it feels more fake than like any CG spectacle I've ever seen. <laughs> like it, it feels completely weightless. It feels like nothing matters. I don't even know. Are they just like, I don't know if he was green screened on a horse. Like I'm sure the guy can sit on a horse if he wants to, but the, it, it just right out of the gate, the movie felt like this is going to be buttery smooth. Nothing is going to feel real at all, or they're going to pivot into practical effects like baby, triceratops that literally look like the baby dinosaur in the dinosaur sitcom
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> or like the one little guy in the pit with like sort of like almost like yeah. a beak
1: <laughs> yeah exactly it, it like the, the movie it, it was just weird it 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 was very weird and it focused on things that i don't understand who they were for um this movie very much overestimates how much I remember about Maisie from the second movie. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, it really thinks we care a lot about the idea of genetic engineering and some like ethical paradox as if the last, you know, three movies have not been just ridiculous CGI fest. Like it, it suddenly thinks we care about like a conclusion to the theoretical intrigue of the series when the franchise has not done anything to justify that kind of focus um it has so many fucking characters i don't even know who is showing me people that were in the last movie that i'm supposed to remember and love that they showed up again and who are wholly invented people um because i just don't care about the franchise and i feel like the franchise doesn't care itself that there are people it pays homage to who were in the original series, but, you know, this whole franchise has given B.D. Wong a ton more to do than he was allowed to in the first movie. And, like, it is cool that they found a reason for him to come back and have, like, a sizable role. Apparently in the novel, he had a much bigger one than what Spielberg gave him. His character is fucking baffling. The arc of his character, now that this trilogy is done, what am I supposed to feel? Like, I, we'll get into it in spoilers, but I just feel like this... No one is thinking about anything. No one is trying to make it even crowd-pleasing. They're just trying to, like, throw shit on screen. And I felt, even seeing, like, Laura Dern and Neil and Goldblum, like, all all these people, like, come back and be on screen, it's nice to see them, but there's a classic, I think Ebert said, like, a movie needs to pass the test where you would rather watch the movie than watch these people eat dinner. And I would not, (laughs) like... The joy in seeing these actors together is the same joy I would get just seeing them on, like, a press junket or something.
0: That's why Spielberg was smart, because in the first movie, you got to see them in the movie and eat dinner.
1: Exactly. See, that would be much better. (laughs) Um, They don't fit in the story. These are, like, you described the plot. It is too... Disconnected things that they just contrive to make these people meet together. The movie tries to do the kind of parallelism of old and young, where it's like I'm going to pair you off with you, and I'm going to pair you off with you, and we're going to see how you bounce off each other. And it, yeah, I, I got nothing from that at all. I, I, I just did not. I don't know. I didn't enjoy the movie. I'll praise some things after you say how you feel, but I just, I, I felt like this was a like cynical cash grab and it was not fun at all. And I'm fine with dumb and fun. I like dumb and fun and this was not fun.
0: So yeah. So I, you know, at the beginning of this, I talked about, um, how, like, the one thing that actually kind of excited me was bringing back, you know, the original trio of of the people in the trucks, right? (laughs) The the people who are are there, who are the outsiders visiting the park and trying to survive through everything going back. And I was kind of excited to see them again. Like, maybe it is, like the fallout from seeing things like Top Gun Maverick, where it's like getting to see somebody come back and reprise this role has some sort of weight inherent in it. And like we've Mm -hmm. already established, uh, Top Gun Maverick proves that like you don't get that for free, even though it feels effortless in that film. It's something you have to actually work for. And, and, you know, when I watched the original Jurassic Park, you know, as as I said already, you know, I I wanted to grow up to be Alan Grant, right? That That was like, so I'm watching it through the lens of him. Um and I'm watching that film and that's sort of what I'm paying attention to is him going through the world um, obviously I remember from being a kid you know his relationship with Elliot Sattler but like it, I wasn't really watching them and, and I just re-watched the original Jurassic Park um, now and one of the things that like I felt like I was watching for the first time was their relationship um, you know not just like they're, they're like you know there's an age difference there but there's this infatuation they have mutual respect for the work that they do and that, like really I was impressed Impressed by like Laura Dern's per- performance as that character, and the way like when when something happens between Alan Grant and one of the kids, and then you just see her in the corner in this like smiling thing, where you can tell she is getting genu- like her character is a real human being who is right. genuinely deriving joy from seeing this person she cares about. Feel awkward around children because he thinks babies smell and doesn't want to have them. And, and like, there is, there's a beautiful thing about their relationship and the way they struggle as a group through the park. And all of that, like, rewatching that, that original film, I was like, this is, like, this is amazing. And I've never seen this before. Like, it feels like I'm watching a whole different movie in some ways. Um, uh, cut to this film. It feels like, like, obviously, Jeff Goldblum is always kind of in his own movie. <laughs> right like he is mm-hmm. like king of camp very like he knows who he is he knows what he's doing even in the original I film think he's
1: still in thor ragnarok <laughs> i'm pretty sure he just never
0: left it yeah, yeah yeah that's just that's just who he was i'm not even sure he knew he was in thor ragnarok i feel like it was a joke that we made during that episode but anyways uh <laughs> but like watching them act they all feel like they are it, it feels like they all showed up for a short amount of time to reprise their roles and they were they were having fun but they weren't taking their existence in the film seriously. And, you know, right. we, we, we are watching a film that is made up of one group of people who are from the current trilogy and one group of people who aren't. But every time we cut to Ellie and Alan, they are just fucking around doing their own thing right. it's, it, it's jokes and gags and their acting is a little off like it feels like they are purposely trying to be like you know oh my god dinosaurs right like never get used to this let me pull off my glasses the same way we did the first time but i'm looking at something dumb instead of this amazing dinosaur that i've never seen before in my life and it's like right. you're, you're watching their performance and going like what is going on and then you cut back <laughs> to everyone else and everybody else is in this fucking serious movie and it's like you can't you can't really have it both ways you can have one person you can have one you can have jeff goldblum doing right. his thing uh but you can't really have an entire subset of the cast all acting in this film that is not taking itself seriously while everybody else is taking it deadly serious unless that is literally the thing you are trying to comment on and this film does not feel smart enough to do that um so that's that let me get that out of the way um so you know you you, you talked about this film um you mentioned at the beginning of what you were saying that that you felt this film was devoid of joy um mm-hmm. i would clarify that as the film is uh it fails to achieve what it attempts to be joy right it is There are all these moments where it is trying to evoke those moments of seeing dinosaurs for the first time in the original. Um, You know, the the I don't remember the exact name of it, but like the basically the Brontosaurus E type animal that like is just in the snow and they're trying to move it into the behind. the. They're all Brontosaurus
1: as far as I'm concerned.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they might as well be. So there's all these moments where like they are trying to do the thing that should cause us to feel awe. But instead, you're just kind of like, all right, yep, another dinosaur. You know, this is the sixth movie. We know dinosaurs exist. I don't think it's that exciting now. And it, like, that sort of didn't, didn't really work for me. And it's like, I can see them trying to have joy, but it feels like the way they're going about it is misguided and it sort of falls flat. So it's like, it's not just that the film never even attempted it. It's that it tried to do it, but, you know, evoking the wrong, uh, you know, stuff and just not not achieving that there. Um mm-hmm. The the history aspect of this feels so strange. Like, the way they call back to all the original stuff, it's like an individual character is carrying their own Easter egg <laughs> that's mm-hmm. only important to them. And, you know, that, that, uh, that certain person with that certain thing, uh, right. how did he go and find that? <laughs> like... we
1: don't know. It might just be another one commemorative. Apparently in the video game series this symbol has come up a few times i was googling after to try to like (laughs) is there something i forgot about the end of the first movie and no there's nothing i forgot it doesn't make any sense
0: like you you there's one world in which you could you could you can interpret it as he has the original prototype for the thing that he made Mm -hmm. and he is keeping that as a symbol of failed attempts to achieve greatness and it's like it's like the humble beginnings this reminds me of who i was now I've achieved all this, but I keep this with me just to remind me who I am. But it's all. Covered but the in... reminder wouldn't be for what
1: he created; it's for what he paid and failed to get someone to steal.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's, that's the thing. It's how far it's how far he's come in that like he was willing to go to any any lengths and couldn't even do it then, and now it's it's, it's just to, to remind him to to remind him yeah. that at one point in time he he didn't have what he has now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But but it's also covered in mud. Which means it has to be the original. <laughs> it can't. Mm-hmm. It can't be just anyone. Because, because let's let's face it, that guy's a little OCD. It, it's funny OCD, that we're right? still
1: dancing around it as a spoiler, even though we've narrowed in where it can only be one possible thing.
0: <laughs> let's just
1: say that. But like, thing, thing... Is, that would also be a fine. If this weren't taking place in a trilogy where there's an entirely separate explanation for how all of this happened how dinosaurs yeah. were resurrected that would also be a fine little like oh my god look we found the thing that connects the two together like the secret cause and that isn't it at all like yeah <laughs> there's nothing
0: like that but but also the weird thing to me so what this film is trying to do as it sets up like so, so okay back up for a second what this film is promising is just dinosaurs be all over the planet <laughs> Mm -hmm. Here are the consequences of that right that could probably sustain itself like this film could be just a bunch of action scenes with dinosaurs and it is but they decided to create a story that outside of needing the action scenes doesn't require there to be any dinosaurs at all. Like, nothing about the plot of this film requires there to be dinosaurs. Just the action scenes require there to be dinosaurs. And so, like, you know, in the original film, this, you know, this genius man with lots of money created this park and put together the biggest scientific minds in the world and found out a way to clone dinosaurs from partial DNA structure, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And uh, boom, Jurassic Park. That guy had a competitor, who knew sort of what he was trying, what, he knew what, what, what Hammond had, but he wanted to, 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 to steal what he had so that he could catch up, right? Mm. At the point of what we're watching now, why would anybody need the actual dinosaur? So basically what this film is positing is that the thing that unlocks all genetic discovery all over the planet is 1993 technology <laughs> like mm-hmm. like why why is any dinosaur dna needed like 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 the the idea that we will go capture all these dinosaurs put them on a preserve so we can do uh, ongoing research on those dinosaurs because those dinosaurs are the the unlocking thing to this all this genetic code that we need it feels like what they're trying to do is what they did in um, District 9 or mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, to, to do a less, uh, you know, highbrow film, uh, something like uh, Pacific Rim. Right? right. In that film, these fucking space alien kaiju monster things came from another dimension and those atoms and stuff, you know, like those those that combination of genetic material does not exist on our planet. The only way to do these experiments is to get the few pieces of kaiju that are left and do exper- like experiments on that. If you already right. have all the genetic code because these dinosaurs have been roaming on the planet for four years, do you need to set up this idea of a nature's uh, like biological preserve, bring all the dinosaurs into one place and start doing experiments on them to try to unlock everybody else's genetic code? I feel like that is unnecessary. Like You already have... Like, you have all the work, right? You you did it. <laughs> right. Like, we have the technology. Yeah, well, I mean, or
1: a little bit closer to what the movie is trying to make it be would be um, X-Men, where it is like this freak thing happened, and it granted abilities that we don't know how to deal with. Let's find them and try to use it for nefarious ends, right? That's kind of what yeah. Fallen Kingdom... I truly have blocked all of Fallen Kingdom out of my brain, but I believe <laughs> there is some level of, like mutant dinosaur engineering for the purposes of weaponry um yeah in that movie
0: yeah yeah Um, for sure yeah uh, yeah
1: go ahead sorry go ahead
0: i was gonna say they are crossbreeding dinosaurs to create like the most efficient killers there's this underground black market for people to buy these vicious creatures and crap like that and it's all it's all set up around like fucking with genetics even more than they did originally right but then there's this whole line in this film where they're like oh no we don't do any gene splicing at all we only do pure animals here this is only right. the real it's like is that true? Then how come all your dinosaurs don't look like any of the dinosaurs from the other movies? Where'd you get all this purebred dinosaur DNA? Like, I, I just don't understand. Like, it's like they they want to have their cake and eat it too. They're like, we got to do this mm-hmm. like special thing with this history and the gene splicing and biosynth and blah 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 blah. We're gonna do some global food chain bullshit. And yeah. <laughs> See, I assumed the
1: character was lying when he said they don't do gene splicing because the uh, the biggest fucking it isn't the mcguff like it is the big thing that this movie is about that the trailers are not about at all is almost certainly a gene spliced creature of some sort um but like if we're talking about the message of the movie in terms of playing god i don't know is is genetic engineering genetic modification good or bad uh, because there is a main character very cute protagonist in this movie who we are the only lesson we are to draw from her and her past and the thing she learns about the world is it is wonderful that this should happen yeah, you're talking um, about beta right yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly everyone's favorite character beta um, god so even in the first movie i didn't love what they were trying to do with blue like i felt like they were just how to train your dragon in blue and like i didn't yeah. buy it it didn't matter to me the second movie definitely tried to do it this time they have gone like not only have they tried to turn this into like a cheesy sidekick now they have relegated it to the character that we are going to see for like a minute and then never again (laughs) like and and i hate all of it i I really dislike it but anyway i'm talking about maybe in spoilers we can talk about all the ramifications of genetic engineering in this movie and the little buttons it puts on it at the end that are meant to make us feel good about a thing that is still terrible and a man who is kind of like one of the world's greatest criminals against humanity (laughs) Um.
0: (laughs) well also like we can get into it but there is a villain in this film who has a plan and the plan involves uh taking a resource and making it so only your copy of that resource is viable everywhere okay um Yes, you could do what this person does, or couldn't you just make a genetically engineered resource and Mm -hmm. then plant some of those resource seeds in competitors' fields and then sue them out of oblivion because they are now growing your genetically modified crop? It's almost as if this is something you could achieve without needing prehistoric DNA. (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, and let's say you are courting a brilliant scientist who, in classic scientist mode, is blinded by the belief that what he is doing is right and that his research must continue into allying himself with a terrible business overlord – I don't think my pitch for the scientist in We Are Making the World a Better Place would be let's wreak havoc on everyone else so there's no competition. I feel like that yeah. wouldn't be what I lead. You know, Maybe I would sneak it in on the edges a little bit. I don't think I would lead with that the way that they're yeah. doing.
0: Also, Stephen, haven't we learned that uh, you know modern stuff, small, dino stuff, big, right? If you were mm-hmm. trying to grow something that would grow faster and more populous than a competitor's thing, uh, wouldn't you just make the item you're trying to grow prehistoric instead of make a different prehistoric thing (laughs) that fucks up the... Like, like, so Stephen, if you wanted to buy a bundle of hay from me, (laughs) sure, and hay was going for whatever the current price is, and Hmm. for half that price, I could give you 20 bundles of hay, wouldn't... You buy it from me instead of the competition. Like, couldn't you do it at scale with your prehistoric uh, resource as opposed to needing to spend time with this weird, possibly world wrecking <laughs> thing that you're trying to do? You make a valid point.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm honestly stuck on the hay. I feel like a bale of hay is the quantity I would need to really get <laughs> get where I want to be. so I don't know what your price would be on that. <laughs>
0: because i said bundle instead of bail yeah <laughs> uh, see obviously no, you're,
1: the, <laughs> the plot is very d- the plot is dumb <laughs> in a like superman lex Luthor once real estate level of dumb yeah. <laughs> like it is just not the most direct way for a villain to get his way
0: yeah it, it's almost like uh taking a, a piece of kryptonite and putting it inside of a rock and throwing it in the ocean
1: <laughs> also there are um Two You referenced this before when we were talking about the cute protagonist. Uh, there are two beings in this movie who are stolen for the same reason in a manner that I think has to be pure happenstance. Like, there's no way it was a targeted swoop that happened to know both of them would be there at the exact same time.
0: Um, well, they, they, they knew that one person was responsible for both. And they were like, we're just going to okay. follow this guy around. And then they were pleasantly surprised to find out that they got two birds with one stone. Yeah.
1: So one question. If the goal is to do research and they are both manifestations of the same thing, wouldn't one be enough and maybe one be much less of a total crime and abomination against humanity to, to undergo? Um, and the second question is, if... You did go to all that trouble of committing myriad crimes uh, to conduct your research. Would you just leave them unattended (laughs) for (laughs) a long period of time? Uh, One of which has opposable thumbs and the ability to do like cognitive reasoning. It just seems like they did not think this through.
0: Apparently you didn't learn the lesson from the first film. Both of them have opposable thumbs and the ability to do cognitive reasoning. (laughs) Um, but, uh, uh, I, I think you're missing one vital piece of, of the glorious plot from this film. And I'll try to say it as vague as possible. Those two things have one thing in common, but for each of them, one happened naturally and one happened synthetically and having yeah. both of them allows you to identify what's different, um, and mm. what's the same and allows mm-hmm. you like, so, you know, somebody had the magic incantation. And everybody else sees the result and is trying to reverse engineer the the magical incantation.
1: Yeah, all, all I'm saying is I'm not a scientist, but if my DNA is identical to someone else's, I don't know that studying my DNA is going to tell you anything about why it's identical <laughs> to someone else's. <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, um, the creator didn't show their work like they left. They they did too good a job, you know, yeah. they did, they didn't. Leave a trace of the why, but even if that were true, I would probably steal the living being that is capable of doing this repeatedly and check out the mechanism, like <laughs> rather than the product of the mechanism. But again, I'm not an evil scientist. Well, also,
0: just, just the guy. other one of the beings we know how they did it: monitor lizard DNA, <laughs> mm. and, and, and that's probably not Maybe inside the girl. Did it.
1: Maybe Maisie will grow up to become Mystique. <laughs> we we learned that she is a
0: Hey Blue. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense. I just sense. really want
1: these movies to be X-Men. I am really a
0: hundred percent a backdoor pilot into the X-Men. At the end yep. you just need to introduce time travel to send her back to uh the the frickin' uh Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um let's see. Uh yeah, I, I do think it's funny you were complaining about the pairing up and I don't think at the time you were also adding that third pairing, but it is another mirroring of what they're doing. Mm. So you have original and new. Uh you have uh new and something else. And uh, now now I'm losing it. But then you also Yeah so you have you have Grant and Pratt. Oh yeah that's what it was, all the individual people. So you have Grant and Pratt, yep. but you also have Pratt and Blue. And it's yep. it's like these these double pairings of like, we gotta work together, girl, we're gonna do it.
1: Yeah, so I I have a serious question, and this is not me being cynical or anything. Did Fallen Kingdom spend a ton of time having us learn that Maisie has built this deep relationship to Bryce Dallas Howard? Because this movie, I would say the only emotional through line of the movie is she is a mother... In all intents and purposes And the mother is going to go to any length To rescue her child (laughs) Like that is the thing this movie keeps doing And I don't know if there was like a i don't know a plot line that i just don't remember where this was like deeply important to her in the last movie or, or they just like invented it whole cloth for this movie
0: so i mean if you remember what everybody was talking about when that last film uh happened everybody was like yo that girl's definitely gonna be half dinosaur half girl <laughs> mm. <laughs> like that was everybody was like what the fuck they're experimenting on this weird girl like this is definitely mm-hmm. this is definitely like a freaking uh whatever that other alien movie was when we had alien humans in hybrids um it's like that's gotta be what's going on gotta be it and i don't know if this was always the plan or if this is a retcon um <laughs> but it sure as hell feels <laughs> like like whatever that relationship turned into is definitely after the events of the last film like that didn't exist then because they mm-hmm. didn't they stumble onto her like I, I thought they. Yeah, I mean, I think she
1: she is living in this mansion because remember the second is a kind of like haunted house movie. Like they always find weird genres to turn Jurassic Park into. Yeah. Um, in this case, she was living in this mansion where black market dinosaur crossed with like I don't know tree frogs and shit like that were being sold, and yeah. a, her grandpa, like her Hammond, um. <laughs> <laughs> is, um like, I think, like, smothered by a pillow or something by some evil, evil dude. um And anyway, she gets away and frees all the dinosaurs at the end of this movie. Yeah. Uh, at the end of Fallen Kingdom, I think. Yeah. Like, I don't remember feeling any emotion about her in in the movie. I don't yeah. remember her being, like, the one that we were supposed to be deeply feeling and rooting for, the way that this movie definitely wants us to do the whole time. um I truly... Watching this movie, because I don't care enough about the Jurassic World franchise to remember it, I was trying to remember, like, are her parents the, like, sister and brother-in-law of Bryce Dallas Howard back when she was, like, the, you know, (laughs) stick-in-the-mud Jurassic Park, like, leader? And she is, like—like, I I just couldn't remember. I felt like there had to be a deep connection between them because the movie was hitting that— drum so hard and i don't think according to google there was nothing like like it was just she existed in the movie they saw her, she ran away with them, and then now we're supposed to learn that she is, like, their parent figures, and we look at Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, and we're like, oh, they are better than the real thing. They are so close together, they would go to any length to rescue their poor girl. And I'm like, when did you make this fucking relationship happen, and why years, you make a whole movie based
0: on four it? Four years, Stephen. They've been, they've been together mm-hmm. for four years, acting as a parental figure, trying to protect them, and it's just it, – built-in inherent nature of of two two people fought, like being a father and mother figure for this little child who was theoretically helpless if it wasn't for the fact that she was half dinosaur um mm. <laughs> which is a joke she's not half dinosaur um but uh yeah, but yeah. she's
1: not half anything actually <laughs> She's <laughs> one of the few people who is 100% just one other thing
0: yeah um but her genes are identical to somebody else who is half of two different things Mm -hmm. but uh but yeah um let's see any non-spoil more non-spoilery stuff to talk about here oh yeah this is what this is one thing i want to say um like you know you go back and watch jurassic park for the most part a lot of the effects still hold up right like the very first time you see the brontosaurus or brachiosaurus it's Mm -hmm. you know that it's it's rough i'm not gonna lie it's pretty rough but like in general across the board that film holds up what is it about dinosaurs that unless they are large dinosaurs that are moving slowly just the effects are god-awful like the i don't know like like to me what it feels like you know earlier you were talking about the scene where he's on a horse and he's trying to whatever the freaking thing is um i don't know the dinosaur's name um but uh you know, he's trying to, like, corral these dinosaurs. And when you're watching it, I think the problem is all of the smaller bipedal dinosaurs have the same gait animation. Like, when they run, mm-hmm. they have the same running animation. And it, it feels like it's disconnected from the ground they're running on. Yeah. So when you watch a horse in full gallop alongside a dinosaur that is making its own foot movement... it. it for some reason they don't feel right there there's not something it's like uncanny valley for the trot right like it's something i I really
1: didn't like that combination too there is i don't know i am sure they got world-class you know special effects cgi people involved in this movie so like i i can't in good conscience shit talk the craft of it but it doesn't work i don't know why it doesn't work but yeah it feels to me, granted that I watched the original in a lens of early 90s, which this movie just can't be seen in, you know, yeah. um, it feels worse looking in almost every level than the original Jurassic Park did. Um, yeah. Like, then the original Jurassic Park does. Like, we watched that at Alamo a few years ago, I think. Like, I think they did a special screening of it. Yeah. Um, this movie, the dinosaurs did not instill fear or dread or awe or wonder or anything. They just looked like... CG like video game cutscene characters like I'm gonna like I'm playing Shadow of the Colossus and I'm gonna like jump on one you know while Chris Pratt lassos it like I, yeah. it, it just did not feel real at all yeah. that was a bad comparison Shadow of the Colossus is an amazing game <laughs> effects are great <laughs> um, but yeah they they just don't they don't fit they don't blend in the world that they are inhabiting yeah
0: um, the, the big boys I think are, are decent though yeah. yeah
1: some of the big boys are okay I think the flying guys are also Cool. I I won't name them until spoilers because I'll just go through some of the few scenes that actually work for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just don't think the dinosaurs, especially when they're little, work at all. Like anytime this movie is focusing on blue or beta, you know, and wanting us to feel something, I'm just like, you are showing me a like hologram of a dinosaur. <laughs> You're not showing me a thing physically in the world. Yeah. But then when it shows me puppets, I think it looks dumb as shit. So I, they
0: can't win. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is also funny, like in uh, one more complaint before we get to spoilers. Um, but it, it's funny to me that not only are they repeating so much stuff that homage is back. It's like they need to reference something visually that was in the previous films. And it doesn't even have to go back to the original. Like in fallen kingdom you know you have a freaking volcano going off on on this island and shit's exploding and it's like yeah, yeah. fire in imagery that resembles how all of the dinosaurs died the first time like yeah. first time how in history brilliant. yeah and then so in this film they're like all right so we're not on an island with a volcano but how how are we going to handle this we need some sort of fiery visual that reminds us that all the dinosaurs were killed by a giant asteroid
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and and again they've done it before so they didn't even need it but they felt like they had to go back to that well again
0: also also where where did they say where this biological preserve is
1: not that i can remember i know i believe it is in a private island owned by biosyn because it in the epilogue they talk about what happens to it
0: but I don't. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an island, though, right? Isn't it? Isn't it uh, landlocked?
1: I don't know. I I know that you get to it by plane. I, I assume because
0: yeah, <laughs> there's there's giant snowy mountains surrounding it, mm. right? But then you land in the middle. Of, like they literally land on a frozen lake, and then when they get out of the lake, everybody's walking around in t-shirts <laughs> on the campus, mm-hmm. and I'm like, it's not like a biodome where the outside could be frozen and you have your own like atmosphere temperature regulated crap inside. It's like frozen tundra. And then you dip Mm -hmm. over, you know, you fly your, your jet upside down and then dip into the center of this, (laughs) this little hillside and then boom, all the temperatures. Great. Isn't this fun? Yeah. I I mean, it's not,
1: you know it 's not a biodome it 's an immoral use of biology it 's a biosin if you will that 's what the movie the movie wants us to think yeah yes. i don 't know i it, it didn 't look like an island, but I feel like the movie wants it to be an island because otherwise none of this makes sense <laughs> at all um, <laughs> but i've no idea where it is i don 't know how an island Anywhere near Malta would have all of those different climates that they're showing me, but... Um, <laughs> you know what it looks knows? like?
0: It looks like they built this biological preserve in the crater left from the ship that Chris Platt blows up at the end of the other movie. <laughs> Not the other dinosaur movie, but the other movie where he's running away from vicious creatures.
1: Hmm. Okay, you're right. It's supposed to be in the Dolomite mountain range in Italy, so it is landlocked. Hmm.
0: There you go. Well, clearly I need to watch the movie all over again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, Stephen, I feel like to continue this conversation, we're going to, have to get into spoilers. So what do you say we start by giving non-spoiler folk a, uh, a verdict for this? All right. All right, Stephen, if you're going to say must-see, record the caveat, wait for until past the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it?
1: Um, I am sticking to my guns going hard must avoid here this movie just angered me i i am not saying that there are not things that are kind of fun in this movie but for the scale of the movie for how big a franchise it is for all the talent they threw into it i feel like i have to grade on a curve and say like holy shit did they do very 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 little with all the raw materials and so it made me angry i don't want to praise it for what little it squeezed out um (laughs) I just think it sucked and I don't want to see it ever again.
0: <laughs> um I I think I I do it the opposite at some point I just gave up and was like I'm just going to watch the next 50 uh cut and I stopped caring about the b- bad performances of the original cast and I just watched it. Um I'm just going to give this a wait for rental. <laughs> I I didn't I didn't hate it. I just I just grew tired of it over time. And, and i and I begun to start, like, having a game of me trying to figure out why it makes sense what Biosynth does. Um, and uh, I failed that game because I never <laughs> never arrived at an understanding.
1: I, I did something that I never, ever, ever do that I find to be wrong on every level. And I checked my watch multiple times in the theater <laughs> to see how long this goddamn movie was.
0: <laughs> oh, well we're gonna find out how goddamn long this podcast is gonna go <laughs> because we're gonna close things out now and then you get on into a spoiler segment for so for now Stephen miller people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that
1: uh people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com
0: People can find me at com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. And if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash Warning, or Instagram.com slash Warning. If you want to get hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site music for this episode will come from a track selected from artlist.io um so hopefully you're enjoying that and uh yeah that song that music is gonna fade up right now and when that music fades out we're gonna be in full-blown spoilers um so watch out because you know this is the the caves that are the spoiler territory have dinosaurs in there um so you gotta Mm -hmm. watch out for them because you know at any moment you could uh turn around a corner and just have some weird dinosaur that we've never seen before in any of the other dinosaur movies just coming at you trying to get you um so yeah (laughs) see you in a bit (laughs) bye we are back this is spoiler territory it's the after part of our review of Jurassic World Dominion Um, you know you can think of this as the second island where they were also growing dinosaurs um, before they shepherd them over to the main park Um, and uh, yeah we're gonna be talking about full-blown spoilers before we get into a lot of the um, you know different things that we wanted to talk about that we've hinted at in the earlier review Stephen I got to talk about one subject Why? why why in the world did they insert the backstory of Ellie and Alan not having got together and not having been in a relationship this whole time? The idea that they portray him as somebody who can never confess his feelings for like the first <clears throat> film opens with them having a conversation about her saying she wants a, uh, a group of child Dr. Grants. <laughs> running right. around which implies that they are far enough along in their relationship that it's not just a work relationship when Ian starts hitting on her he he says he, when she's like hey uh you and and he's like yes yes we are so there's no there's no conception of the fact that they wouldn't have stayed together at the time nothing in the events of those films i think should have separated them i just don't understand why it's uh it's not a why, why we have to do this ga- game of like, well, they had different lives and then now they're going to find love together. And I'm sure I'm forgetting what happened in Jurassic park three. Uh- <laughs> well, I know that's what I was wondering too, because
1: I, in this movie, they not only say they haven't gotten together. He like name drops her husband and she says it didn't work out in a way where it was like, Oh, did I misremember? Did we meet her husband and family? And was their whole thing? Cause I remember the same as you, the original movie, they are, you know, they are together, right? <laughs> like, if not a 100% romantically together, they are clearly on their way, you know? Yeah. Um And I don't know, the only answer is because they wanted to give us the moment when they finally fulfill the demand that audiences have had. And just showing that they are happy together wouldn't fulfill it the way that a like passionate kiss at the end would. But it it, it is the same way all of this movie, I think, is cynically giving what it thinks fans want without actually thinking through what a fan would want, because I don't think it needs that, and I think it, it doesn't fit with the characters, but, so but, I but, agree with your question.
0: Yeah, but it, it's not like Jurassic Park was an X-Files thing, where there is this like looming romanticness between these two characters. And you're like, "When are they going to finally let it happen? It was they were a fucking couple, and the only conflict in their relationship was that he wanted or she wanted kids, and he didn't and that wasn't even a conflict. it was just a playful banter they had and By the end of Jurassic <laughs> Park, he's like a fucking obsessed with kids. <laughs> Like, he just went through the whole process of becoming a father and then, like, fighting for something that you brought into this world, minus the fact of bringing it into the world. But, like, I just didn't understand, like, why we had to go through that process. And, And, like, the way... At the end well, she 's like, oh, do you want to go there or do you want to come with me and he 's like hey, i 'm coming with you and he says mm-hmm. it as though it is a callback to right. all the other times he has said he won 't go with her and I was like, that never yeah, happened no. that 's not yeah that 's not the thing like it <laughs> <Yeah, but>, 'll <laughs> get it yeah and,
1: i mean they 're just setting up a new dynamic so they can resolve it at the end of the movie it it 's the same with the you know, at the beginning of the movie, Maisie's like, you're not my real mom. And we're supposed to, like, think that that's a thing that we care about, about her yeah. relationship to Bryce Dallas Howard. So then later when she is rescued, she goes, that's my parents. Then we're like, oh, oh, finally, she learned to love her adoptive parents. I,
0: I wish when she said, you're not my real mom, Bryce Dallas Howard said, you have no real mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh. She has a real mom. She has no real dad. Well, at the time, they didn't know that, right? This is a, yeah, a thing, right. A thing. I guess, we learn. Like, I feel like in, in the last movie. We knew film, she
1: was genetically modified in some way from the second movie, but I guess we didn't know. It, like, that is also confusing to me, is they're revealing more about her backstory in a way that, again, well, I, I do not remember, <laughs> but so, it so, feels like they spliced it in two.
0: So I, if I, you know, I haven't watched, I haven't rewatched the last film in a long time, but what I think I remember is that... At least what I walked away from that film thinking was uh, the weird grandpa guy cloned his his daughter because she died of some illness. Mm. The twist is that she is not a clone. She is a immaculate conception baby <laughs> that was carried right. to term by the woman who died. And like, you know, like it it, it it to me, it feels like a complete and total retcon where it's like, OK, So this the woman who died, who was cloned, didn't actually get cloned. She gave birth to the clone and raised her up. And then, as we learn now, genetically modified her with CRISPR or whatever to to, cure... Which also,
1: she genetically modified her. And this is a big deal that BD Wong knows about. But I didn't get how do they know that. Because her existence doesn't imply genetic modification and we wouldn't know if she had the disease until roughly like 20 something years from now um so who established that like was that in one of the videos that bd wong recovered where she says that she did that to her because i feel like they say it but there's nothing about her life that
0: well in in, in the videos in, in the videos she uh is like injecting the baby. And then she okay. d- doesn't exhibit whatever the characteristics of are of this, like, rare modification. I assume she, he has access to all her materials, except for apparently the magic formula for curing whatever yeah. the disease is. But also, Stephen, if you had the ability to inject a living organism with a series of syringes that would completely rewrite their DNA to remove and eradicate any trace of a particular disease... Do you think the easier thing would be to just inject yourself or to clone yourself inside your own womb, give birth to yourself? And I mean this is going back to men all over again.
1: <laughs> I mean, here's the thing.
0: I think I cloned myself and
1: gave birth to myself before I realized I have a disease, which already, why are we praising that as good? Like, isn't Jurassic Park the jurassic franchise supposed to be like don't fuck with genetics but in this case we're like oh she made a little miracle we love her she's a hero and everyone respects her as a
0: scientist see see, i don't think that's what happened what i think happened is that cloning people is unethical and the only way that she could get away with cloning a person i.e herself was to give birth to it because everybody would be like oh yeah she just is having a baby that's cool and no mm. one's going to realize until, the baby, until it's too late. Mm. Like, right? I think she realized that she is smarter than everyone else. She is the Tony Stark of this Jurassic world. And she realized she's going to die. So she was like, all mm. right, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy myself time by making another of me who gets to live on mm. after me. And uh, if I do that in a test tube, some people are going to be real, real, real mad at me. So I guess rather than, you know, pulling a splice where I have to take home my weird little genetic creature and hide it from the rest of the world, I'm just going to give birth to a baby and I'll be dead before anybody realizes this baby's me.
1: See, I, I like that argument. That isn't what I got from the movie. What I got pretty clearly from B.D. Wong's exposition was your mom loved you so much she wanted to have you she managed to have you and that was like a complete arc was i managed to immaculately immaculately conceive isn't this wonderful and then she realized she was sick with a debilitating disease but before she died she managed to save you from it because otherwise she would have like before like the embryo she would have fixed right like she wouldn't have waited till it was a full-size human being to do it yeah um I think it was two completely different things. And I don't know why she couldn't just like, I don't know, go fuck someone and have a kid (laughs) the The old fashioned way. If it was furthering herself as like, I want to live beyond this. So I'm going to clone myself. I get that. But also then she is not a wonderful person to be revered. It's like, she's another kind of creepy evil scientist toying with nature.
0: So I think she is an evil scientist toying with nature, but I think BD Wong is is not like he's in love with her scientifically. He thinks she is the brightest mind, he thinks she did this amazing thing and he is tilting everything into the light of what she did was amazing and that's why he's obsessed with what she was doing, but I think that the, that is him twisting it because he is um so obsessed with how she did it and, and the fact that he can't do it himself.
1: But, but what about when Laura Dern meets her later? And she has totally separate from B.D. Wong. Like he basically never enters the picture except to be weirdly redeemed in the end. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Laura Dern meets uh, Maisie Isabella Sermon. I I think she's only ever acted in these movies. Um, She meets her and she was like, I actually knew I knew your mother. I didn't know her well, but I met her once. Um, She had had you and she was so happy to have you your mama loved you so much like it was the total like what a wonderful woman who has gone too soon story like it was, it was I, I feel like the movie is completely 100 percent positive on this woman and the actions that she took
0: yeah I, I i still and it like there's nothing in the text of the film that says this i just think mm-hmm. that why do you immaculately conceive as a mad scientist It's because you Mm -hmm. want to prolong yourself and like like once again not in the text of the film but I choose to believe that uh, she was an evil madwoman and (laughs) uh, you know just did her did her did her thing the way she wanted to and uh, you know there it is. (laughs) Like her work was too much she didn't have time to conceive of a child with somebody and and raise them that way so she was like i'll just do it in the lab and then i'll let my daughter grow up in the lab with me
1: i mean she gives birth right like don't we see her pregnant in one of the videos all she's saving is the let's be generous eight minutes
0: (laughs) that's what i'm saying is if she could grow the child in a test tube she would have done it but that's illegal We can't clone people We can clone sheep and dinosaurs and that's it (laughs) And and people's pets Right Um, But anyways uh, Next topic uh, That's very curious to me Um, So they introduce this little short Like 30 second segment about how All the dinosaurs have these microchips in their brain That allow, Mm -hmm. allow The company to remote control them at will If needed Nobody deploys this while people are getting eaten cool fine whatever let's just say that like nobody was near the switch and nobody <laughs> nobody had a laser pointer <laughs> or anything like that Um uh, we're gonna get to the laser pointer in a second too um <clears throat> that's fine let's just pretend like I'll, I'll go with it it's a cool idea whatever dinosaurs be crazy let what if we could just control them um uh here's my question in the event that there was a park emergency um you know maybe all the shit's on fire <laughs> uh mm-hmm. do you think the security protocol should be open the front door and make all the dinosaurs walk into where all the people are
1: <laughs> i do not and it has been described before um by mamudu ati who again if his character ramsay They gave him so much weight. I felt like he must have been in the other movies and I just forgot and he wasn't. He was like only in this movie. (laughs) Um, But anyway, he says early on that they have this like basically electroshock thing in the animal's brains to keep them from going out of bounds. So I would have assumed something like that would take effect in this situation, but it doesn't. It doesn't. The animals are just dinosaurs are running loose and killing people. So Uh, also, I don't know.
0: Also, if you were a helicopter pilot, or any kind of pilot you fly all sorts of vehicles right um are
1: are you asking if i eject people by parachute while flying dinosaurs
0: (laughs) are no no that's not what i was gonna say what i was gonna say is uh if you're looking for a place to land do you think you would notice a giant brachiosaurus (laughs) like like when she's like up coming into land he's like don't land there there's dinosaurs here and all she's like oh my god a freaking dinosaur that's 20 times bigger than my plane what did not i see that (laughs) it's a good question it's just just you know just acquiring minds want to (laughs) know
1: i know i know it
0: i i did because the thing is i actually
1: enjoyed that uh the character of kayla um I I generally enjoyed her. Like, there is a movie where I would have liked watching her. Like, this whole movie, the weird combination about this movie is first, it gives you a thing I don't think any of the fans asked for, which is let's turn this Jurassic World movie into a, like, Mission Impossible movie and make it be, like, spies going from country to country trying to find the missing daughter. You know? They do that, and they show us this, like star wars-esque like underground black market of dinosaurs and all these things it, it and then there's gonna like be the big
0: throwaway set from fucking uh, exactly the, it... the boba fett show <laughs> yeah yeah well
1: well especially because they're dinosaurs too so they're all spiky kind of like the aliens yeah um, like there there could for sure be a ran to- rancor I, yeah. I i don't remember what
0: the name <laughs> yeah. of the monster is right right R- R- rancor saurus <laughs> yeah
1: we'll get to not being able to pronounce dinosaurs in a second when i when i try to pronounce one Um, but anyway first they do that already weird like okay what a bait and switch this is going to be a movie about dinosaurs finally the end of jurassic world is like oh my god they're coming into the real world and then fallen kingdom is like not quite yet we're gonna focus on a house where they're being sold instead but then the end of that they're being let loose they're being freed Maisie has freed the dinosaurs so now it's like oh fuck yeah finally look Didn't love the first two movies in this trilogy. But finally, I'm going to see what, uh, you know, the second Jurassic Park promised me, which is I want to see a dinosaur smashing up a city. I want to see Godzilla with dinosaurs. I want us to explore what happens in this universe. And then they're like, no, actually, we think you want to see James Bond, but it's Chris Pratt and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. And then... So they established all this, dinosaurs with laser pointers, which you and I have talked about this offline before. If you can point a laser pointer at someone to kill them, I think you could have just killed them via a gun. Like, (laughs) I, I think... That is a wildly inefficient way to murder someone. Yeah. Um, also, we should talk about how these amazing predators, Velociraptors, who are so great, can't outrun Bryce Dallas Howard on a roof. I, I feel like we should think about it's, how good are these creatures at killing after all.
0: Ste- Steven, 65 million years ago, there weren't roofs for them to run on. They had evolved to run in dirt and things that gave them more traction, put them on a mm. roof. Uh, yeah. What are they going to do? evolution hasn't hasn't made them able to run on roofs yet
1: (laughs) yeah they're they're very confused Uh, but anyway (laughs) so they do all that i didn't like that they were making this twist but they've established their characters you know uh dewanda wise kayla she is going to be the kind of like all right you're in a spy movie now i'm your pilot you're going to learn more about me as time goes on version of the movie we have like the the evil um the evil Bond villain woman who has the laser pointers and everything. It's like, okay, that is who we're against now. I wasn't happy, but I was like, okay, I'll see where this movie goes. I'll see what it does. Within 10 minutes, they're like, nope, actually, they're crashing the plane. And now we're just doing Jurassic World all over again. Yeah. <laughs> like, it—it it is very weird to me how this movie doesn't give you what you want. Proposes something new, it'll give you, and then sacrifices that, and is like, "We're not going to give you what you want or this new thing. We're just going to redo Jurassic World." I, I I don't understand how the screenplay
0: got made. I I will say one thing: when they do crash the plane, and they're on that ice block, and that dinosaur's coming for them, and the ice splits yeah. open. And they're like, what are you going to do now? And the dinosaur says, like, I'll show you what I'm going to do. And dives in. I was like, all right, that's kind of cool. Badass. (laughs) One of the best parts of the movie, for sure. (laughs) It's like, this is fucking red. Yeah. Now, going back to Kayla. Of all the things they want to do to tie back to the original, how is she not like the daughter or granddaughter of, of Sam Jackson's character from the first film? Like, and what's weird, she even has a moment where she goes, everybody hold on to your something. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> did they change their mind partway through? And because she has a picture of her and somebody on the mm-hmm. steering wheel of her plane. And, you know, when, when she crashes, you know, whatever, like I saw it for a second. And I was like, oh, son of a bitch. Is that him? Like, is, is he going to be in this f- picture? Yeah. And like, I, I was like, I was like, OK, so they're not going to do it. But then at the end of the movie where she buys the plane again, I was like, she's going to sit down pull the picture out of her jacket having taken it from the plane before it went under and then set it on the steering or the flight stick again and it's like there were so many chances for them to tie that back just to be another homage to the first film and they just don't they don't which is fine they don't have to but it's weird to make her say hold on to your something. And I was like, yeah. I was like, she was definitely going to like, it, it almost feels like they did it. And people thought like people groaned during a test screening. So they ADR would the word something instead of butts. And then right. didn't then just cut the scene where she places the picture where he's in it. Like, I, I was like, come on.
1: Yeah, come on. It, it It is strange that they didn't do that connective tissue because it especially because they talk about her past and her. you you know, like at first she doesn't want to tell Chris Pratt why she's helping him or where she comes from or anything. So it seems like her origin will be a reveal and it, it isn't as far as I can tell. It's just like, Oh, it's the origin. I guess I would have expected if you hadn't said anything. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So. (sighs) Okay. Let me talk because you opened up with the dinosaur suddenly swimming in the ice. I don't remember what kind of dinosaur. I feel like it's just a raptory type one, but maybe he's more badass than that. I don't, yeah, it's a winged, yeah, it's a yeah. winged um,
0: raptor. It's a yeah. uh...
1: but anyway, him swimming is cool. I I like that. I enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. We'll we'll call it um, Wetzel's Pretzels. Uh, the Ketzel <laughs> like you remember that kind of dinosaur that you probably <laughs> learned about <laughs> <laughs> when you were a kid. Like, I remember when I was a kid being obsessed when I learned, like, that was when I learned that dinosaurs were, like, had feathers and, like, the, whoa, the thing you thought were dinosaurs, like, you don't know nothing, kid. Look at this, like, North American dinosaur, the, like, the Quetzalcoatlus. Um, <laughs> and when that suddenly appeared in the sky and started attacking, I was like, a little kid in me was just, like, so giddy. I was like, fuck yeah, it, I'm I'm finally seeing one of these in real life. Is that the bigger pterodactyl? I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, it's basically okay. like the. It, it's a big feathered, um, very feathered pterodactyl creature that attacks.
0: Gotcha. And I was into it. <laughs> so you were just saying, you like.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that dinosaur. When, when that it... was the one part. Like, maybe if I had a fascination for, like,. Soro, apex predator or whatever the fuck they're they're having beat okay so <laughs> let, let's, fast giga forward. <laughs> let's fast forward to the very end for a second just yep. because i'm thinking about this this giga dinosaur um so first of all jurassic world if i remember right hated the movie never rewatched it i believe that ends with this evil kind of very predatory dinosaur being killed by a combination of blue and the T-Rex or something like that. No, like so I, I think it, it's, that happens. Fu- it's
0: fighting a T-Rex, but the T-Rex once mm-hmm. again is losing. And I think the mm-hmm. giant underwater thing pops out of the water and grabs it and then drags it down okay. into the water. I, anyway, I we, think... we
1: get to see a fight between a T-Rex and another major carnivore. Yeah. And then it loses. Um, in that movie the characters' lives depend on this, right? Like, they are bystanders to all of this going on. Yeah. Um, in Fallen Kingdom, again, they have defined— this franchise defines good dinosaurs and bad dinosaurs. In Fallen Kingdom, there are these, like, special predator dinosaurs that are meant to just be killers, and they're evil, and then we get to watch them die. Um, this movie, the characters at the end are safe— they helicopter away, and then the camera's like, "Let's watch this fucking fight with the T Rex and the Gigantosaurus and the other weird like <laughs> the chicken as blind, blind dinosaur monster. that fight." <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, the d- do you think he saw us?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they they just like watch the fight and. They clearly want the crowd to be rooting for one over the other or to enjoy the fight. And I'm like, why do we care about any of this? They flew away already. This is how I felt in Fallen Kingdom when they get off the island and all the dinosaurs are crying because it's on fire or whatever. (laughs) And it's supposed to be emotional. And I'm like, fuck those dinosaurs. You haven't told me to like, you haven't given me any reason to root for a
0: dinosaur in this franchise. (laughs) Yeah. I, well, first of all, I was excited for the T-Rex fight because I, okay. I was like basically somebody is saying that like basically the whole point of like the world films is like yo T-Rex wasn't wasn't King Kong right like mm-hmm. he, he wasn't like the the main dinosaur right he's just the one that we all know because his skeleton was found first or whatever right. um, and everything else is like there's something crazier than a Tyrannosaurus Rex and getting to a see a slightly
1: bigger Tyrannosaurus <laughs> yeah. Rex that's blue <laughs>
0: but that's that's the thing right it's like what we're watching is the hero of the first film that saves everybody at the end of the day uh is is back again and gonna save the day again Mm. and it's just it's just really like it's it's a moment to just watch them um fight in a way that is do you uh, think yeah do you think in the context
1: of this movie where we've gotten to see the originals the old guys come back and save the day this is trying to make a commentary like that, like the T Rex is the old franchise and it's just kicking the new franchise's ass.
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe I will say, of all the throwbacks, the one thing I actually did kind of like, it, head in the circle, head in the circle, head in the circle. I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, you got me. That's pretty good. Right.
1: <laughs> that, that was one of the ones when I was giving my um you know, it, you don't got to hand it to Isis Quotes. <laughs> that was one of the things where I'm like, I could hand it to them for doing that, but it's just such bare minimum effort given all the raw material they
0: had. <laughs> but it was just so good. I was like, all right, I like it. I'm, I'm here for it. It's great. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I like that. Um, I like Just in general, the very... The last part of this movie, where they're in a kind of like circular outpost of sorts, and they're being attacked by the, gigantosaurus, or maybe it's the T- I think it's the gigantosaurus by then. Um, they're being attacked by this giga whatever yeah. thing. I I mostly like that. That felt like the most like the original Jurassic Park to me. And there was some joy in seeing them be terrorized by this big monster, Godzilla style. You know, I I enjoyed that. I, I didn't I didn't mind it. Still hated the movie, but I I think 15 minutes of it toward the end, I was like, okay, if you had just given me this the whole time, it would have been fan servicey and stupid, but at least it would have serviced this particular fan. And just the amount of time they spend on locusts and other shit doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Um, I'm very sad that uh, they didn't get Jeff Goldblum to say must go faster again at any point in this Mm. film. That was that was kind of sad. But... Mm. What did you think of uh, his moment to do his little hey, hey, hey thing again with the fire and then get to throw the the fire sphere into the mouth of the dinosaur?
1: I like that. I I don't know why it combusted like that. I don't know what he knew about what these locusts were made of. (laughs) Um, But I I enjoyed that moment. In general, I think... So you mentioned that all of the older cast kind of feel like they they showed up to like hang out and play act as their old characters, not really to be believable in any way. Yeah. Um, I think Goldblum is the most successful of them because he is the quippy Marvel character in this universe that is just pointing out why the plot is dumb and why the things characters are doing is silly. And I think he <laughs> pretty much works the whole way through as being that guy. Like He's the one who calls out that Chris Pratt made a promise to a dinosaur that that was pretty good (laughs) um just in general his like commentary is you know pretty funny in the movie and then when he does get his kind of heroic moment i
0: i enjoyed it i I do like too the way they called back to the first film where like hammond is trying to teach her how to walk through the the you know the the power station and find the buttons and he's like screw all that just look up follow the pipe you're there (laughs) and he's just like (laughs) <laughs> Three down, four up. Same thing.
1: I will say, when he did the fire thing, I wanted, I wanted the movie to have more guts than it did. I wanted him to die in that moment. I wanted him to sacrifice himself because the movie has established in this new universe, he's like suave Ian, and Laura, Laura Dern, and Sam Neill have never gotten together yet, and Sam Neill. It's at least kind of coded that he is like perturbed by Ian being a little bit touchy feely with her yeah. early in the movie. I I don't know why exactly he is, but he is. In I the mean, movie. he was
0: in the first film too, and right. yeah, he is.
1: Okay, so the dynamic he, just still stands. Yeah, it,
0: it, the dynamic still stands, but also on top of that, she married some other dude and had five children or whatever. And now he just found out that she's single and he's like, all right, fine. I'll go with you to fucking Biosynth, even though I don't want to have anything to do with this weird mission, but I just want to be close to you. And then the first thing that happens is the EM is like, Hmm, can I touch your shirt? (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, no. Okay. So I, I, anyway, I, I get why he feels that way, but that would mean to me, Ian, who has been established as a kind of like a hedonistic does whatever he wants guy having it, his end of his arc be that he sacrifices himself for the two of them i think would be like fantastic and way better than anything we get in the movie but instead he just like basically hurts the dinosaur and gets away everyone gets away right nobody nobody good dies in this movie yeah everyone everyone gets away i think yeah yeah they should have killed some legacy characters. Like Harrison Ford was willing to die. He probably demanded to die in Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I think he literally demanded
0: to die. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was like, I will only do this movie if I'm done. Um hmm. But, yeah, uh, let's see what else is there one that we we haven't yet i mean we we've alluded to it several times, but we haven't really talked about the locusts for real. Mm-hmm. um, I will say there are like you know seven hundred dinosaurs in this film killing people. The locusts were the creepiest thing to me, like i i I'm not gonna lie, like like I'm fine with bugs, right, like right. I'll you know, if a bug comes at me, I'll just squash it, yeah Whatever, not it's a fine. Good bug. i. The the fucking giant locust creep crawliness it, it it just gave me the heebie jeebies,
1: <laughs> right? Okay, so. it, it brought back a childhood memory I have of a very large bug beetle-y flyy creature that was outside my door like one night in the backyard. That um, like I I guess I like tried to smash it or something, and I remember seeing it, and it was like. Like, <laughs> it, it was, like, <laughs> make, making this creepy, like, kind of standing up and trying to survive, and I could see its, like, head very clearly separate from its body. And I think I had just read the Left Behind series, which involves some, like, revelations-y locust demon creatures, <laughs> and I was just all... I was all freaked out about that, and this movie definitely skewed me out, too, with the locusts. Yeah. I, I just don't think they're cool in a dinosaur way, though. I feel like it is a completely different movie. Like, it doesn't need to be Jurassic World to do the locust plot. Yeah. It could have been Nexus Gods and Kings. They could have done, like, all the plagues. They hinted at it. That would have been fun. I would have Yeah, <laughs> I also, watched that.
0: why? They just had a character that looked like Dennis Nedry. <laughs> <laughs> to explain... About, like... That's cool. He visually was supposed to represent him, right? Even though it was a right. completely unrelated job talking for unrelated things. And it was just like, mm-hmm. oh, now you're just homaging the visual representation of a character. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't understand what the hell was going on there.
1: Yeah, I don't know what they wanted from, from most of this movie. Can we... I've mentioned a few times, I don't know what this whole series... Let's say the trilogy is wrapped up. They haven't precluded making more movies. God knows they probably will. I mean, Lightyear is coming out, like, nothing ever dies. Um, But the the one through line for the whole series, if you forget that the cast came back for this one movie, is B.D. Wong's character, right? Jurassic Park if I'm remembering right, basically like opens with him explaining the technology that they built. Like he is a key member of the people who create Jurassic park at the beginning when they visit the park. And then he has come back and been recruited by various evil people in this. Like he's been recruited by the guy that was selling weird hybrid dinosaur weapons and now he's been recruited um by Dodgson. He's the Biosyn guy. He is making mistake after mistake after mistake that kills countless people. Pure like purely evil. Um no redemption at all. And then in the movie, in the end, I think because Maisie has compassion for him, someone is kind to him, they bring him away with them. And then it shows thanks to the brilliant work of this doctor, they were able to use genetic engineering to fix the crops. And, and it's like, wait, so genetic engineering is good now? Like, now we like it. We're fine with it. That is yeah. the lesson of this franchise it is, like, good. He played God, and finally it worked. It It is very weird as an ending epilogue of the movie.
0: Also, what was his plan? Did he, he release one prehistoric locust and fucked all the other ones and keep it... Like, I don't understand. I think so. I don't understand. Like, he treated it, and so the other ones were eating all the crops because they had some genetic defect that made them hungry. And he's like, I know what I'll do is I'll fix that by using <laughs> the child's genetic makeup to create a, like, I didn't really understand what was going on. It just seems very strange. Yeah, like,
1: are we supposed to believe a wonderful Earth ecosystem has a bunch of those locusts, like, just living in it? Because yeah. like, I don't want to live in that world. I don't right know.
0: <laughs> but also, doesn't Chris Pratt have a daughter that can synthesize a uh, poison toxin that will only target the <laughs> the locusts? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, Just saying, just saying.
1: Like... There are so many easily contrived things they could have done to get, you know, uh, the original cast to come back to Biosyn, the place where all the dinosaurs are. You know, there are many reasons they could have made them come back. Having it be someone genetically engineered Locus, Laura Dern wants Sam Neill to come with her because she needs a witness like cameras and other things don't exist in this universe. And now you need another witness to do anything like it. It it just feels like no one thought about it at all. (laughs) Or they really wanted the locusts. Like they, they came back from, we need something flaming in the sky. What can we do? some, the creepiest guy in the writing room was like flying locusts on fire. <laughs> That's where my head goes. <laughs> and then they were like, okay, great. But why would there be locusts? All right, think, think, think crops. All right, we got a movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: So so here's the other thing about the, the whole locust plot. I, I, I can't even call it a subplot because it's the plot. Um. So Laura Dern's plan is, I think they're responsible for these prehistoric locusts I need to break into their lab and get a DNA sample to tell if it's the same as the locust on the outside. Um, mm. Maybe I misunderstood how the movie works, but doesn't Biosynth capture prehistoric life from the world and bring it back to their lab to study? So couldn't they have yeah, just... Yeah, I don't
1: even know what... She... I don't know how she knows she is going to get a sample of anything like i don't even know what she thinks is going to happen when she goes into their lab
0: but no no. like even if she even if ian was like i will let you into the lab and you can get a sample Mm -hmm. there is a plausible reason why they would have the locusts at their facility because they have all the other prehistoric shit at their facility so Why would this be any different than any other dinosaur? It's like, whoa, well, the T Rex you have is the same DNA as the T Rex that I saw in the wild. Yeah. Whoa,
1: yeah. Like, is she trying to prove that it is the same DNA, or is she? Yeah, cause, she's
0: trying to prove. Because here's they the thing: they, they, they make the point them. of like,
1: they didn't eat the biosin plant next door. Yeah. So the two arguments for that are either they genetically engineered the locust with a special like line of code that says "Don't eat our stuff, yeah. dude." Um, in which case the DNA from the locus on the outside could be analyzed to figure that out, too, presumably. (laughs) I don't know how DNA analysis works. Um, So hold on a second. (laughs) Or they genetically engineered their crop to specifically be immune to this particular creature that only they control, in which case getting, like, DNA of the crop would be useful. I don't know in either case why the headquarters are necessary.
0: So hold on a second. I didn't even think about this until just now. So... There is biosynth crop. There is regular crop. They have genetically engineered this giant prehistoric locust to go out and eat not biosynth crop, but the other crop. So they were essentially, through the food chain, creating a Thanos like system in which like half the food on the planet is going to go away and only people, c- the only food available is people who can afford biosynth stuff, right? That's 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 the plan. At the end of the film, BD Wong is fixing something. Is he fixing that the locust will no longer only eat <laughs> the non biosynth ground? We all, we all go down together. <laughs> so it's like it's like yeah. So basically what he did is made a new locust that'll eat all the food and now it just doesn't fucking matter anymore. Like, it it just, it seems super, I don't, I don't know what he's doing. Like, because (laughs) he could have just poisoned something and released it. And then, yeah, it it just seems strange what, what the plan was and what he was, he was trying to to fix. Yeah, I don't, I don't
1: know what he wanted. (laughs) I also just like, I have to reiterate, in terms of finding a argument that an evil tech billionaire would use to persuade a researcher to help him i don't think worldwide famine is like a very good one i, I just don't think that is one that anyone especially a researcher who seems so nice bd wong seems so nice whenever he talks to Maisie, and i just don't buy his uh his argument
0: yeah for sure um <laughs> any last thought? do we want to talk about creepy tim cook <laughs> sure <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah Dodgson <laughs> in this movie, a very one dimensional character i so I definitely did get Tim Cook vibes. I think I made a reference in at work of that, and I stand by. I don't know what the movie is trying to say there, but I feel like it is trying to hint that like, look, our tech companies are just like this guy, yeah um but he has he contributed anything ever because you mentioned like we were talking around the shaving cream canister forever in the pre-spoiler section and he has kept that as like a thing on his mantle and now he is changing humanity but if i'm remembering right i I guess he was a competitor in the original jurassic park so we do believe they built a thing and it just wasn't as good
0: well so back then so they so as i understand it they hadn't broken the code yet right they hadn't figured out Mm -hmm. how to synthesize a full dna sequence using the frog dna or whatever so they were like, well, fuck it. If we can't build them from scratch from our own amber samples that we're harvesting, if we can get if we can pay somebody to just give us the embryos, we can start with mm. our first dinosaurs and then we'll have enough to build our own thing and we can compete with them. Um, obviously, shit goes crazy. Um, in the second film, his people have hired, at least in the books, they have literally gone back to the island to try to just steal fucking dinosaurs because like, what's better than embryos, the full grown dinosaur. And we can just call it a day. We have everything we need. And clearly he's been able to like rocket ahead by he, he, he basically did a thing. It's kind of like, uh, you know, I already joked that, uh, you know, somebody was Tony Stark. Uh, but uh, remember in one of the films, maybe it was in one of the Spider-Man ones, there was like a company that received all the contracts to harvest all the wreckage from the the end of the first Avengers film. It, it's like that sort yeah. of situation. He was like, "Hey, uh, you know, we do uh, some stuff. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we offer to collect all the dinosaurs from the world?" And it's like he was able to earn the contracts, which gave him all a- all the access to the thing. I just don't understand how having dinosaur DNA, bingo, Dino DNA. Um, I don't <laughs> I don't know how that. Leads to curing cancer and all these different things. Like, obviously, yeah, me neither. Yeah, so, yeah, like they've already proven that they
1: know how to synthesize things. So I don't know what the dinosaurs yeah. are doing now. Yeah, that, that's. A, I also of all the times for him to cave to public pressure. So worldwide famine, he didn't cave to ethical concerns from his staff. I guess they didn't voice it very vociferously. Um, late in the movie he is brazenly evil doing all sorts of wicked things but when a few of his team members point out that they have a protocol they have to follow to send the dinosaurs back he suddenly is just like yeah i have no choice but to comply with you like i don't know what his motive is like at that point he is full heel turn already and he's about to die like why then is he making life harder for himself because i he didn't want to bring the dinosaurs back. Like, as far as I could tell, he wanted to just let them die and get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. Um, but in that moment, because his, like, four staff are looking at him, he has to still be the good guy. I just don't—I don't understand
0: Dodgson. Yeah, I, I don't—I don't really get it either, though I do love his little freakout where he starts hitting the chair. Um, yeah. And I also do love when he's like, fuck it, Malcolm, you're fired— and then Malcolm's like, all right, but before I go, let me go on this rant about how shitty this company is and how they're doing evil shit <laughs> and stuff. I was like, I don't know. I like this. Whatever's happening right now. It's dumb as hell, but it's still fun.
1: Yeah, I liked his death. <laughs> I, I was fine with him dying, at least. I, and that did at least like mirror uh, Newman's death in the original movie yeah, in a way
0: that we, felt, we, felt nice. Which is still weird, though, because once again, uh, Dotson isn't the one that died. He fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> though. I think Dotson in the book for lost world. Um, if I remember correctly, he has a great death, which is he's back on the Island and he makes this like repulsor ray thing that basically drives back T-Rexes. Um, yeah. So he finds the T-Rex nest and he's like using it to drive the t Rexes back and he's like going to get a t-rex egg because you know it's really hard to lift the giant t-rex um but if you can just get the egg then you have a baby t-rex and you got all the dna and blah 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 blah, blah. and so he's he's standing in the nest and he's like there's two like mama t-rexes that are all like rah, rah, rah. and he's like driving them away and he reaches down for the egg and it un- it pulls the cable out of his little ray gun and he's just like fuck and then he gets eaten <laughs> it's so Mm -hmm. great (laughs) Uh, but yeah then we couldn't have for
1: listeners i apologize that i keep referring to wayne knight or the character of dennis as newman it's just it's my it's my touch point for
0: this nedry yeah we we all knew what you meant (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's just shorthand um but yeah uh let's see last thoughts on this film steven It's not good. (laughs) It's not a good movie. (laughs) Uh one last thought. Um people seem surprisingly fucking chill that there's just dinosaurs all over the place. Like nobody this isn't like a zombie movie where everybody lives in these fortified cities that are like you know, like there's there's no scene where people are dropping uh, you know, shipping containers around uh Vegas to try to keep the dinosaurs out. It's just like Everybody's like, yeah, sometimes when you walk outside, you get attacked by a raptor. It's cool, though. Yeah, which I think is a kernel of a good idea in this. Like, I saw
1: Colin Trevorrow at some point in interviews mention that, like, he thinks if dinosaurs were unleashed in the world, it would be like bears and elephants and lions and everything else where you like they exist in places and they could be a danger to you. But they aren't necessarily so prevalent or invading our cities or anything. Like we found a way to coexist. There could be a totally cool movie exploring that and exploring like how humans and dinosaurs coexist and what are the dangers and what aren't there. But the one thing for the movie decide to be like kind of realistic about is the thing that makes no action happen. It just seems very odd to me.
0: Yeah, like to me though, they they treat dinosaurs the way people are now treating COVID. Where it's like, oh, yeah, I remember when COVID was a thing. Like, nobody is like, I'm going to yeah. go outside and there might be a dinosaur there. It's like everybody's just like, yeah. fuck it.
1: it. It's weird, yeah. Like, at the end of this movie, Chris Pratt and, like, Pratt and Maisie and Bryce Dallas Howard are just, like, sitting out front, yeah, cuddling, enjoying smore- the s'mores. night. Like,
0: are they not going to get attacked by velociraptors? <laughs> I know. Like, I get that they think that there's only one velociraptor and they know him, so it's cool. <laughs> mm. like, it's just like, what's going on? Um, but yeah, yeah it just, it's just it's not coexisting with them you know like maybe we need uh, yeah. Jay Baruchel to come out and be like this is Burke <laughs>
1: yeah come on Chris AVAB A- <laughs> just because you think you know one of the good velociraptors
0: doesn't matter <laughs> alright should we call this an episode Steven? there's uh, another example <laughs> see here I'm now by myself uh, uh, talking to myself that's that's chaos theory. Yeah.